0: Welcome to The Rock Project, episode 93, A Conversation About Life, Entrepreneurship, Personal Development, Family, Tech, and Marketing. My name is Ivan Tomokoff, and I'm your host. And joining me this morning is also my amazing sidekick, uh, Courtney Turner. Good morning, Courtney. How are you?
1: Morning. I'm all right. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's Friday. It's Friday. Uh, Friday. I, I can't believe this has been an, a crazy week, hasn't it?
1: It, With, it has, Yeah, <laughs> I I have not slept very much, so
0: I'm and pretty and you it. are in Vegas, right? Right now, in I Vegas, believe. Yes,
1: yes. This is my uh, hotel background here.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very <laughs> cool. Very cool. Well, we have a very interesting show today. We've got a special guest uh, who's joining us, and um, I'm going to see if uh, I can bring him in. Uh, on here. Let's see. Gillum, are you there? Hello. Hello. Yes. Good uh, yeah. morning. Good morning. So, before we kick things off, um, I want to uh, read Gillum's bio real quick. So, Gillum is the founder and CEO of Wilda Capital, a real estate investment firm based in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, they manage real estate investments in Spain throughout different vehicles. Uh, they buy buildings, renovate and flip, buy, renovate and uh, keep. So, uh, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. No,
2: thank you. Thank you very much for uh, having me here today with you guys. Uh, how is it going in the US <laughs> with this crazy week, with the elections? Do <laughs> you have
1: Isn't
0: president a or very not?
1: Crazy, crazy week. Yeah. It it
0: it really is a a crazy week, and um, you know that was one of the things that me and Courtney chatted about in a previous episode because uh, Courtney is actually a political pundit, and she has really been you know paying close attention to everything that's happening now with the election, and it's just been so crazy because I think so many people are you know waiting to find out the results and that that impatience, you know, is really settling in over the last couple of days. So, and we kind of talked a little bit about it in an earlier episode, um, this week. So yeah, it is absolutely crazy right now because so many people are waiting to hear what's going to happen. Who's going to be the so new many, president. So many
1: people are waiting to hear and just, you know, we've never experienced anything like this. That You know, there are just so many things that don't make sense. So many things that are unanswered. Um, and there, there's been lots of indications that something's not quite right. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and just dive into the show. And before we start with the questions, uh, Gillum, you know, I wanted to mention that we are live everywhere right now. We're live on LinkedIn Live. We're live on YouTube, on Periscope, uh, on Twitch, uh, Facebook. Uh, all over the world right now. First time that we're doing a trio cast uh, like this, but let's go ahead and, and jump right in uh, to uh, to the show. And um, let's start with uh, Guillaume, you know, let's um, go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, about your background, you know, let's get to know you a little bit.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I'm based in Barcelona. Uh, originally I'm, I'm from a small town, uh, around 100 kilometers from Barcelona, so I was born there and and I spent all my, all my childhood there uh, After that uh, I moved to Barcelona to study law. I have a law degree. I have uh, Two master's degree one in real estate practice and another one in legal practice uh, The truth is that uh, I never wanted uh, to become a lawyer, uh, but I studied law for For different reasons the first reason is that uh, when you are 17 or 18 years old and you need to make that decision I don't know if the US it's the same or not but here in Spain uh, when you are 17 years old you need to make that important decision in your life uh, of what are you going to study and uh, by that time I I didn't have uh, nothing clear about what was going to happen with my life so the only clear vision that I had is that I wanted to become uh, an entrepreneur, having my own company. And uh, I thought that uh, probably the, the best uh, studies that uh, I could learn was uh, the law, because uh, the law is, is giving me a lot of knowledge and a, and a general vision of, the, of how the society works. Also, mm-hmm. uh, I say law because uh, once, once you finish the, the law degree, you have a lot of doors open and there are many places uh, where, you, where you could work.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So question for you, Gilam, you know, like, was it, you know, did you just get into law because you were just curious about it? You know, was there something specific that, you know, drew you into it or you just decided that, you know, you know, law seems like something that I'm curious in. You know, something I should go in? Like, what drew you into it? Was there something specific?
2: Yeah, probably curious about that. And as uh, law is everywhere, uh, mm-hmm. I mean everywhere, in the politics, and <laughs> the, the companies, everywhere. So uh, it provides you a, a very, very interesting back- background. And at the end, uh, is what I told you, you have uh, many places where you can work after studying law. So it was like a vehicle for me to open a lot of doors in the future. Uh, But definitely I didn't study law to just become a lawyer or to make something just related to law.
1: I have have a question for you with uh, studying law, was there anything that really, it sounds like you really studied it more as a a way of opening opportunities for you uh, as an entrepreneur. Were there any things that when you did go into studying law that really surprised you?
2: Uh, well uh, in the law degree there are uh, a lot of things that you study that uh, will probably not be useful for your life but uh, there are many 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 subjects that are are really interesting for example we were talking about uh, politics few few Mm -hmm. moments ago and uh, all the politics are, are about law so so for me the, the law was something that has provided me a lot of knowledge and today i'm very grateful for doing this because uh, I have uh, a lot of knowledge in in, in my field that is real estate that uh, if uh, I didn't study law probably i would not have it
0: yeah yeah so uh, to Courtney's question you know uh, like you mentioned is uh, it sounds like you going into 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 law you know was something that also helped you get into real estate right because there's obviously you know legal aspects you know aspects of real estate, so that was kind of essential to that, correct?
2: Correct. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
0: Very cool. So, okay, so you you're going to to law school, law degree, right? Sorry, I have and one then... more question about that. Actually, go ahead. Go ahead. So,
1: you, you, in this country, like we're very litigious. People have lawsuits about everything. You know, you probably heard the famous like McDonald's case. Somebody spills coffee on themselves and they sue McDonald's, right? Yeah what is it like there in spain is it very litigious? yeah it's girl? absolutely
2: the same uh, people are going to court for nothing mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and the legal justice is uh, is, is blocked uh, you can be years uh, to solve a problem in the court
1: and who pays it in spain how it like do people uh pay out of pocket or for lawyers do they are there different like ranks of lawyers how, how does that work I knew nothing
2: about the Spanish legal system. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's like in the in the in the US. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, there are different types of law, different types of of, of lawyers. Um, there are civil lawyers, there are uh, criminal lawyers, there are tax lawyers, uh, there are lawyers that just go to courts, so there are lawyers that never go to court and just provide legal opinions. So uh, there are a lot of lawyers, and I think too many lawyers there's a lot of people studying law in spain
0: interesting that that was a really good question actually courtney because uh it really goes to show uh how much similarity there is between you know the way law is being practiced in different countries because i think a lot of people especially in america have this misconception about you know law and the way it's practiced and the way it's perceived and but Gillum just said that there's a lot of lawyers that basically you know they're doing stuff that's like like really did you get into law for this why didn't you get into law for something more meaningful right like something that makes a difference right so okay you're you're going to law school you know you're getting a degree at what point like did you show interest in the real estate
2: well uh, during my uh, law degree studies i started working for a company that uh, that worked for banks Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, we we were managing all the real estate assets, all the real estate deals, evictions, mortgages, and all this kind of process uh, with different uh, Spanish banks. Uh, I started working there uh, in the middle, I think in the second uh, year of of law. And I worked there for many years, even after finishing my, my law degree and here it was my my first contact with uh, the real estate uh, industry Uh, it was uh, after 2008 crash so uh, i was capable to see very interesting things i also uh, saw the 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 dark side of the real estate i mean Mm -hmm. a lot of developers uh, that did what i'm doing today so uh, this provided me a lot of experience uh, about uh, what uh, can happen if things go bad, uh, and I, I all that experience that that I got yeah. during that period is helping me today a lot.
0: Yeah, interesting. So you said the crash of, you know, uh, two thousand and eight, right? Because that that was a really big, you know, shift, you know, in America. And it sounds like the the real estate crash that happened. You know a 2008 you know it wasn't only just in the United States but it also happened in, in Spain, is from what you're saying, right?
2: Absolutely, in Spain was a top one, absolutely, because uh, uh well, I, it was like in, in the US but uh, with a big difference uh, that is here in Spain, uh, we didn't recover from it <laughs> until right. I think in 2014 2015 in, in the US, you had a uh, recovery
0: yeah yeah okay okay so you saw a lot of opportunities obviously in real estate i mean you were mm-hmm. doing law and like where did entrepreneurship come about like how did you you know yeah. can you talk a little bit about the entrepreneurial side
2: yeah well uh, once i was working in, in that company Uh, I got an offer from a real estate uh, hedge fund to manage uh, all the operations of this uh, real estate hedge fund in in Spain. I accepted it. Uh, I worked for them during three years, but uh, since I was 17 years old, uh, I've tried to create many companies and to to make many, many business. Uh, Mm -hmm. No one of them worked. (laughs) That's the truth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh that yeah <laughs> uh
2: yeah and i tried a lot of things uh, you know but uh, at some point of my life uh when i was working in this real estate uh hedge fund um i saw that uh, to create a company and to succeed uh, you need to invest a lot of hours on it so during that years uh during my my studies my uh and, and my and and working on my job, mm-hmm. uh, I was like uh, putting half of the time in my business and half of the time in my job, and uh, this doesn't work, okay? So uh, when I was working in in this uh, real estate fund, uh, I decided that uh, if I wanted to make my dream come true, I had to stop working there and, and start working full-time job on my business.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what's really interesting about what you just said is as we're talking about entrepreneurship because you know courtney is also a fellow entrepreneur she's a speaker she's a trainer political pundit i'm an entrepreneur and one of the things that i heard you say is this, you said it if i was to make my goals and dreams a reality then i had to figure out how am i going to focus on those goals and dreams and let's face it putting my goals and dreams as a side hustle and like being like okay i work my full-time job and then i focus a little bit on my goals and dreams Mm -hmm. here like that's just not going to happen and i think that that is one of the similarities worldwide is that a lot of people you know want to have goals and dreams but uh, they're almost like afraid to pursue them you know because they're so worried about like what society is going to think or hey am i going to fail because you said that You know you've tried a lot of things a lot of things didn't work and let's face it that's in part entrepreneurship you try a lot of things you're going to fail at a lot of things but you're also going to want to you're going to succeed at some things and it might be one thing but you know what it's it's worth trying to find out what it is you know that's going to work something that you're going to be passionate about something they're going to love you know something they're going to wake up for every day and say you know what i'm doing this because i enjoy it it makes me happy it gives me fulfillment i'm not just working you know for a paycheck you know just to make money to make a living but i'm working towards something that has a purpose so uh, can you recall back to like before you started you know the business uh will to capital you know like was there a purpose behind an entrepreneurship or was it that just like you wanted to 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 get your own thing
2: uh, well uh, I wanted to be my own boss I think that this is something mm-hmm. that has been with me since I was a child uh, so I've never felt comfortable uh, working with uh, any kind of boss uh, so uh, in in my mind, I had that clear vision of of, of creating this, and uh, since the moment I started working in real estate, uh, I had uh, I knew that uh, probably the future of my of my project was something related of what it is today. But uh, to do this, uh, I needed a lot of experience. I needed a lot of contacts, and uh, what I did uh, were the steps to be where I am today. Uh, in other words, probably I could not be able to, to create a company that I have created today if I didn't do the steps that I did before.
0: Yeah. So maybe let's talk a little bit about that, like maybe highlight some of the steps, some of the things, you know, some of the experiences that you can recall that, you know, helped you get to where are today. Maybe just touch upon that in a couple of minutes.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I work with, uh, with, uh, investors, uh, the kind of investor that, uh, that works with my company is a professional investor. Uh, I mean, I'm not working uh, with a small amount of money. So, uh, to convince this kind of investor to invest to our company, you need to have some knowledge and you mm-hmm. need to know very well the market. Mm-hmm. So this is the experience that I acquired during that years. And uh, on the other side, uh, to have the best deals on the market, you need to be very well connected. Sure. I was not born in Barcelona. I came here when I was 18 years old, but uh, I didn't know uh, anyone. So I had to start my network from zero. And it Mm -hmm. took me many years to be very well connected in the market. And once uh, I realized that I had all these contacts and that uh, I was capable to raise a lot of money, then is when I, I decided to, to jump to the pool and to create with capital.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you work in, a, is it a commercial real estate or residential or do you do both? Or?
2: Yeah, uh, we are, our main focus is in residential. Uh, right now we are building, uh, I think, around 70 to 75 apartments, okay. all them in Barcelona's top locations. Uh, Our, yeah, we buy buildings, we buy plots, we develop it and then uh, we sell the units. We also own a a hotel and and buildings with touristic apartments and some uh, retail, but uh, our our main focus is, is is in residential and everything related to touristic.
1: How was it when you were first starting out, you were saying in the beginning, you know, it's hard to get investors to invest a lot of money. I, I've experienced this, I, I was an actress in a previous Yeah, absolutely. Trying to raise money for film is really, really difficult. Um, you know, real estate has a much stronger uh, track record in terms of presenting an ROI, whereas, you know, it's still, you know, at guesstimates, obviously, nothing is, a, you don't have a crystal ball, but you have, it feels more secure to people. Um, whereas film, you know, is really just projections. So I, I remember that was a real struggle. Um, so I'm curious when you were first starting out, like what, what was the game changer for you? Was that a very long road in trying to get investors or did that happen very quickly for you? And what do you think attributed to your success?
2: Yeah, to be honest with you, uh, it was, it, it was very fast. Okay. Uh, As you said, and I completely agree with you, uh, it's easier to find investors to invest in real estate than in any other other things. Because uh, you can touch the real estate uh, and at the end, you you can see it. And at the end, uh, the deals that I am proposing to my investors are uh, buildings in the best areas of Barcelona. So uh, in the worst case scenario, they are not going to lose money it's my job to find these, uh, these good deals but also these low risk deals mm-hmm. that's why uh, for me mm, it's never easy to raise money but uh, i did it very fast
0: well i think you know one one thing that i wanted to mention you know uh, as you were talking about that it's easier you said it's easier to get people to invest in the real estate uh, than anything else simply because I think the ROI is such exponential in real estate. And when you look at all other in the industries, I mean, regardless of what part in the world you live in, you know, it, they're far more saturated, you know, technology, retail, you know, these are all very saturated, right? Even online and e-commerce, you know, like all of that is saturated, but when you look at real estate, it seems to have the biggest payout. And let's face it, you're in Barcelona. You know, Barcelona is, is a prime, prime location, uh, you know, in the world. And you're building properties in some of the top locations, which obviously is going to help bring, you know, a lot of prominent foot traffic, right? So I think those investors realize that, that, okay, I'm going to invest into this and I'm going to, you know, double, triple, quadruple my investment. What I want to talk about, and I want to, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Because obviously, we're in the midst of this pandemic, COVID 6 plus months, you know, into it. How is that affecting the Spanish real estate market? Like, what are you seeing?
2: Yeah, uh, I think that uh, a big real estate crash is coming. Uh, mm. I think that. Uh, I'm starting to see it, uh, not in all the sectors uh, of the real estate, but uh, definitely I think that uh, a lot of things are going to change in the following months. Uh, For example, everything related to touristic, it means hotels, it means touristic apartments, it means even retail, Uh, they are suffering a lot now. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, having a a hotel in Barcelona is like having a diamond Okay, Barcelona is a city that uh, has a lot of tourists every day Uh, So it was even impossible to find a hotel to buy in the last five years Because all the hotels were making a lot of money And no one of the owners wanted to to sell it Uh, And I can tell you that uh, during these last months I'm receiving about two hotels per week uh, of, uh, companies or families that are mm-hmm. struggling and that, uh, are selling these, these properties that in, in other situations situation, they, they will never uh, sell it. So hotels, um, touristic apartments, and also that retails in that areas that had this influence of, uh, of, of people from other countries walking there, uh, they are also uh, in travels. Uh, Another story is, uh, for example, the offices, Offices. I think that Mm -hmm. uh, will have uh, a a big, the the COVID will have a a big impact on them because now people is uh, starting to work from home. I don't know if the US is happening the same or not, but here in Spain, uh, the the companies are realizing with Zoom and with all this stuff that maybe they don't Mm -hmm. need uh, all that surface for their offices. And maybe 1,000 square meters is too much and that uh, 500 right. square meters now is enough. So the people uh, don't uh, have to go to the office five days per week and they are working from home and maybe uh, working from home, it's better from a rural area around Barcelona and not in the center of the city. So it's, uh, this thing is impacting directly to the offices and also to the residential of Barcelona.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you were you were talking about, you know, work from home. I, I feel like, you know, in the U.S., that, that has definitely happened. I mean, we we're seeing major corporations sort of shifting the workforce to where they're realizing that, you know, maybe we don't need this huge commercial space, you know. And we're talking like, I mean, energy companies, big energy companies that, for instance, like their customer service department. I mean, all those people are working from home. You know, they, they are sitting on their laptops and you know doing phone calls and data entry, you know, from their couch or their recliner, and so uh, that's interesting. You ma- you mentioned that that, and I want to go back to the point that you made about that you see a crash coming again because I think that crashes typically happen every ten plus years, at least historically, every ten plus years because the last one was. 2008 right 2007 2008 so now we're about two years behind and you know let's face it when there's a market crash it's both good and bad right it's it's good because (laughs) it creates a shift it's bad because there's losses so it's interesting you mentioned that but you know so what are your thoughts on when you were talking about you anticipate a market crash coming Like, how do you think that's going to affect, you know, the real estate marketing in Spain? How do you think it might affect you? Because I know you were talking about tourism and commercial. Like, can you maybe share a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I I think I have uh, both sides of of the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, In one side, uh, I'm finishing now uh, three buildings here in Barcelona that I started two years ago. And I have uh, 30 apartments that, that I need to sell. So uh, I'm not sure that uh, I will be capable to sell these units at the same price uh, mm-hmm. that uh, I had to sell it. So this is the first one. secondly we own a hotel the hotel is closed okay yeah. uh, we had to close it uh, on March. we closed it for uh, four months. We tried to open it uh, on June uh, July but then in August, uh, Nobody's coming to Barcelona so the hotel is not working now it's right. closed again so this is one phase but there is uh, the other the other phase that uh, I'm seeing a lot of opportunities uh, I have a lot of investors and we are' uh, we're buying we're buying we are yeah. looking for deals uh, we are now studying many many potential deals in, in Barcelona so both sides of the of the there is one side that is good and another side that is that is bad but uh what uh, what i see is the mm-hmm. um, the residential and at the end everything but especially the residential real estate market is based on the supply and demand
1: mm-hmm.
2: right now we are in a situation where where uh we have small supply and i would say not big demand because right now we're not in a good uh, moment but normal demand okay right. Uh, but uh, the, peop- the people here in, in, in Spain is receiving a lot of help from the Spanish government, uh, but the, the rates of unemployment are very, very high, and these helps uh, will end probably in sure. 2021. And uh, all these people maybe will have mortgage delinquencies, maybe... Uh, they will sell their uh, their apartments if they if they are having bad times, maybe uh, they cannot pay. I, I don't know. A lot of things can happen that can't revert that situation. And I think that probably in 2021, we're going to see that the supply uh, of apartments in Barcelona will increase and the demand yeah. that people is having bad times uh, will decrease. So it means that probably the prices will go down.
1: Uh, yeah. I I have two oh sorry I have two questions for you. Uh, one, you touched on how the pandemic has uh, you know, you've been locked down. I'm very curious to hear what it's been like, you know, in Barcelona and the rest of Spain, how that's affected not just the real estate market, but what, you know, the whole general morale and protocols and policies um, happening there. And my second question is, what do you see? Uh, you talked about how tourism is definitely gonna have an impact, uh, especially for the hotels. What? How do you see some of the things that are happening? There's a lot going on like all over the world, right? Um, so, especially with the pandemic um, that affects the markets as well. So how do you think that that's gonna have an impact moving forward and what are you seeing?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, well, first one, uh, here we had uh, uh, a very very tough uh, lockdown mm-hmm. uh, during. I think it was uh, two months. Uh, everything was closed. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that in the U.S. it depends on the on the state of yes, the U.S. Exactly. Uh, exactly. That you have. The president yep. says one thing then the governor says Whoa, right, thing. Right. <laughs> because
1: we're united states right so each state each governor has a okay. jurisdiction over the the policies in their state and that's how okay so here. so okay. here i think
2: it was one of the worst uh, places with the lockdown uh everything was closed and during uh two weeks uh, we couldn't even go to work i had to stop all the renovations uh, and all, all my team had to stop working uh, but during two months uh, all the shops all the restaurants uh, everything uh, was closed and we can we couldn't go out
1: uh, just the uh, with, the, with the
2: dog and <laughs> to, really? go to the supermarket and what
1: what would happen if you did if you went outside like with the dog or what Yeah
2: the police uh, asked you a lot of questions uh, when I went uh, to work uh, to any of the buildings that I'm doing with uh, with all the technical team uh, they stopped me many many times uh, wow. I, I i could do that because the, the law uh, all of that but uh, uh they asked me a lot of things and i know a lot of people that had fines to to, wow. to go out and when they that's
0: that's that's crazy because and that was a really good question by courtney actually because i think you know during during COVID ever since i don't know it was late march maybe beginning of april when it really Kind of commenced here in the United States, and then he kind of really progresses like a lot of people are wondering like and not just in the real estate market but like how is it affecting the rest of the world like do we have it bad here in the United States because too many people are wondering what you just said you know from 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 what Courtney was was mentioning that you know there's a lot of questions right like you know i mean you go into the, uh, to your buildings, you know, just going about your day. He said he went to go walk his dog. <laughs> you
1: know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the only thing that uh, during two weeks did it go into the supermarket or going to with your dog <laughs> outside of the of your apartment. Right,
0: right. Like you're going about your business and like you're getting it stopped and questioned. And so, do you think that's creating a lot of uncertainty with people?
2: Absolutely. And uh, the people that is uh, paranoid. Uh, is now even more paranoid, and uh, there's people in the street that thinks that they are policemen, and uh, now we have to wear uh, face masks, in, in Spain is mandatory, mm-hmm. since in July, Since July, in the middle uh, of summer, at uh, more than 30 degrees, uh, with this face mask, it's crazy, and if you put your face mask instead of here, here, uh, you can find people in the streets that is asking you why you are not wearing the mask, so i mean right. it's creating uh some kind of paranoia and, and it's, it's a really strange situation <laughs> to be honest
0: yeah 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 so you know and, and now like going obviously into the winter time i mean i don't know what winters really look like you know in, in barcelona but i think you also said that you know there's a lot of dependency on tourism so you're seeing that decline so like you know, uh, and obviously heading into a potential crash. So, like, do you think this could be, like, one of the worst times in in many years because of COVID and just the way things are going? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. Uh, We've seen many protesters uh, during this uh, last Mm -hmm. night in Barcelona. Uh, I mean, taxi drivers. I mean, now, uh, for example, here in in Barcelona, uh, the gyms are closed the the restaurants are closed the bars are closed so there's a lot of people that simply cannot work. they cannot work and uh, the worst thing is that it's the second time that it's happening because it's uh, Mm -hmm. they they had this in 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 march april and may and now they're having it again and we are in november so what is going to happen this this winter we are seeing that france for example is under a lockdown the united kingdom uh, is going through a lockdown too so we are not in the lockdown yet but uh, all these things uh, are destroying the economy of uh, of any country i mean it's, yeah. it's not possible to survive on that
1: no and what is it doing to people how are people responding to that is there are, are people fighting back are people uh, is there a rise in any kinds of uh, like are people depressed about it what what are you seeing
2: well, uh, I, I'm surprised because uh, I think that in in the first stage the people accepted it. It right. was something new. We didn't know uh, that much about uh, the virus, so uh, the people were really scared. Right. In this in this second stage, I think it's different. I think that uh, people are starting to realize that they need to work. They need to to bring money right. to their homes, and and that's why we we've seen a lot of uh, of Clashes with the police with many uh, protesters uh, because at the end uh, they are people that they they own gyms or they are working. uh, I mean the nightclubs are are closed. The discos are closing since March. I mean there's a lot of people working uh, there, so the people are starting to say, "Okay, uh, we have a virus, but uh, what are we going to do? Uh, Do we have to close forever?" Or what are we going to do? And by the other side, there are the hospitals with a lot of people ill. It's a really complicated situation. I don't want to be a politician today, for
1: sure. (laughs) Sure, sure.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you made a very good point, Gilam. That you know, obviously, from an economical standpoint, is it's not feasible, and it, obviously, it's not just you know in Spain, it's not just in Barcelona, it's not just in the United States. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think people realizing that, and that's why I think you know going into the winter, I think we're going to see a lot more protests worldwide because sure. people are realizing that, like, hey, you know, and let's face it, in the United States specifically, is this that yeah you know most people can collect unemployment right and get by somehow but in other countries you know i was born in bulgaria in eastern europe so i know that like such thing doesn't doesn't exist you know so like how do people how do how do people survive like you know it's like it makes you really wonder so you know uh the one thing i wanted to ask you and i don't know if i already did or not is are you taking any specific steps To kind of prepare for this, because you're obviously in the midst of like building property, trying to finish Mm -hmm. property, you know, obviously you're seeing the swing of the pandemic. Are you doing anything specific to prepare for this?
2: Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, For example, uh, in all that uh, buildings that uh, I talked about that uh, we need to sell that units, uh, Mm -hmm. we are waiting we are not uh, in the market yet. We're going to finish uh, in the first quarter of uh, 2021. So uh, one of the things that we are doing is uh, wait and see, and we are going to start selling after we finish the, the renovation. And maybe if, if, uh, if it's not possible to sell, maybe we have to, to rent it. Why not? Uh, sure. We are also uh, dealing uh, with our lenders. Okay, maybe for example, uh, the hotels if the hotel is closed they have to deal with uh, with, with my, my banks uh so all these uh, kind of things uh, to to make the situation easier okay.
0: yeah yeah so you're definitely taking some steps you know to prepare yeah, sure. and i think that's definitely important because it sounds like you know we're we're heading into turbulent times you know and that's gonna affect the entire world let's face it you know i think You know, uh, a lot of people, you know, at least in the United States and with the election, obviously, this being, you know, such an important election is just that, you know, there were a lot of people who are led to believe that COVID-19 was sort of a prefabricated thing, you know, for election. Now it's after election and it's still here. And it's like, wait, wait a second. Like, you know, this is really still affecting things and it's not going to go Although there were some very
1: interesting things like, Mm -hmm. you know, people who that, there, there were politicians saying like you, even if you have COVID, it's okay, sure. you can go out and vote, go, go to the polls. It's okay. Um, so yeah, no, I don't think anybody denies the reality or the existence of the virus, but it's a, a lot more what, you know, Gilliam's talking about. It's about the policies around it that, you know, if there is a virus, there's a virus and obviously things need to be, there are precautions that need to be taken. And as we learn more, those should ideally shift to accommodate the the knowledge that we have yeah. but you can't take a blanket kind of uh you know draconian approach to something that you and and keep perpetuating it when you now have information that has changed you know in the beginning as you were saying we didn't know you know in the beginning it was exactly. it could have been like the bubonic plague and you know or you know something that was just that deadly and that pervasive and mm-hmm. you know it's not that i don't think anybody undermines that there is the existence of the virus i i just think that we now know it's not quite what we originally thought it was and you know we don't want to make it so that the the cure is worse than the problem you know right so
0: yeah it needs to be yeah. a way
1: to figure out how to live with it so
0: yeah i i think that's a very good point courtney is just that you know things are never really the way they seem to be, and I think this virus has really proven just that. Is this that at first it was like, oh, this will be gone in a couple months, or oh, it'll be gone in six months, and these were, I think, all assumptions. But nobody truly would have known that. Well, here it is, you know, beginning of November, and COVID nineteen still around. You know, we are less than two months away from you know the major holidays, and you know, we really have a a true global problem to deal with, you know, that's affecting many industries.
1: Sure. But I think that, uh, I I will just say, I think the policies are a lot of what's affecting the industries. You know, there are Mm -hmm. many viruses that still exist, uh, you know, other than COVID that have not shut down global economies. You know, there are other, other viruses that we, that are still, people still die from that, you know, people still get very sick from, and this one has actually proven to have a much higher survival rate certainly than we thought and then many Uh others so I think there needs to be a point where you know people start to say okay let's you know take the knowledge that we have now and how do we start you know figuring out how to live with this and recognize that yes we have a virus but this virus is not you know this deadly bubonic plague that we thought it was going to be and we can't continue to move forward where, I, I mean, if we keep a global economy shut down, you know, and that starts within each, uh, each country, you know, each state province, you know, each local area needs to obviously have jurisdiction over them, their own area.
0: Right.
1: Um, but we can't just continue, I don't think, to have people, because then people will die, and not just of the virus, of the reaction to the virus, you know, so. Exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I want to, I want to thank both of you. This has been an amazing conversation that we've had, but we, before we wrap things up, Gilliam, you know, let's throw out, you know, some websites, some social handles, you know, how can people connect with you, uh, out there about entrepreneurship, real estate, uh, things of that nature.
2: Uh, well, I'm not in social media. The only, the the only place where I am is in LinkedIn. Uh, I use uh, Instagram or Facebook, but in a very private mode. Uh, I actively use LinkedIn, so in LinkedIn they can they can find me. And, and also in uh, my website, that, that is uh, willto.capital.com uh, and there you can see all the, the, the developments and all the, the, the deals that we are doing today with our company.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Courtney, did you have any other questions? Uh, no. I-
1: I think that's it. Yeah. Awesome! Awesome.
0: Well, I want to thank both of you and for all the listeners and viewers. Uh, this was another episode of the Ross Project with the amazing Gilliam and my sidekick Courtney Turner uh, as well. And until next time, next week on Monday, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, we'll be back with uh, another episode. Thank you both of you. Uh, thank have a great, amazing, amazing weekend, and truly enjoy the conversation.